so I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to get back into our series. We, we had started a series on the book of John in 2019. And, <laughs> and some say I have a tendency of going slow through, uh, through verses and chapters. I don't know if it's true or not, but some say. And we had gotten to uh, <laughs> chapter four in about, I don't know, we started in June of 2019. And when Corona hit, yeah, we were in chapter four. So however long that is. I think that we started something in the new year. I don't know. Anyway, it took us a while. So I'm trying to, I want to get back into that because um, we, we took some time to do the uh, uh, kind of like the verses of what was going on in the world. And so our first, actually it's like first 11 messages of the year were kind of centered around the circumstances and different things that were going on in the world. Um, and as I was praying and reading, I felt it was a good time to get back into John. And I think Padilla is probably going to get back into the uh, um, statement of faith as far as what, they, what we believe and why we believe in what the scripture says. So um, fun times. I've been missing that one also. But turn with me today in your Bibles to John chapter 5. So we're back in John chapter 5. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for who you are, God, your goodness, mercy, God, and for your grace. We thank you for this time to look into your word. We thank you for those who took time to come to uh, worship today, God. We thank you, God, for just your grace that you've given us that is amazing, God. We thank you for that, God. We thank you, God, that we can raise a hallelujah to you and say thank you and give you praise and honor, God, for what you've done, for who you are, God, in our lives, God. We thank you for that, God. And we thank you also for the victory that we have in you and placing our trust and our lives and our obedience confidently in you, God. We pray, God, as we look at your word today, you will show us what you would have us to know about you and show us what you have us to know about ourselves so we can live a life holy, acceptable, and pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, John, we started the series of John. It's, uh, uh, um, the whole series was based off of uh, John, I think it was chapter 18, where, I'm sorry, chapter 20, where John said, Jesus did a whole bunch of stuff. There's so many things that Jesus did while he was here. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the son of God. So I always, every time I read that, I think, wow, what else did Jesus do? Like, what else was going on, like, during that time? You know, we got so much is packed into the Gospels. But to think about what in the world, what else did he do? John said, what he said, I think he said literally that all the books and all the libraries wouldn't be enough to fill it. He says so many things that Jesus did right here, but these are written. So what that tells me is that the Holy Spirit told John to specifically write these events in this book for the purpose that we may believe two things, that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the Messiah, that he's the one that God sent to save humanity, that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. And we know the Son of God is a reference to Jesus's divinity, the fact that Jesus Christ is 100% God. And so the reason he wrote this is so we can believe two things. So as you look at the book of John, the context is that. So every situation, every event, every letter is meant to that. And so he starts off in chapter two with the first miracle that Christ did. You turn water into wine. Nicodemus shows up in chapter three. The woman of the well shows up in chapter four. And as you're reading these things and learning these things, in the end of chapter four, he actually healed the official son. The guy was sick. His son was sick. He came to Jesus. He said, hey, my son is sick. 
And Jesus said, oh, he's healed now. And the man said, cool, and left. He believed him right then. And as he was going back, he was getting closer to home. They ran up on him and say, hey, master, don't know what happened. All of a sudden, your boy got healed. And he said, well, what time was it? And he was like, I'm going to make up a time here, 2.30. <laughs> and he looked at his watch, which he didn't have. But he said that was the exact same time that Jesus said, your son is healed. And so Jesus was doing these things. Why? So that we may believe that he was the Christ, the promised one, the anointed one, and that he was God. So when we get to chapter 5, this is my favorite interactions with Jesus. My favorite interactions with Jesus was against the Pharisees. He, 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 the, the verbal uh, 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 back and forth that Jesus had with these Pharisees is, is, was incredible. And this was the first time that John begins to record it. And so we see in John chapter 5, verse 1, after this, after he healed the, uh, the official son, after this, a Jewish festival took place. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And by the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there is a pool called Bethesda in Aramaic, which has five colonnades. Within these, there are a large number of the disabled, blind, lamed, and paralyzed. What's interesting to me, I'm trying to say that less. I, I, when I was listening to my message, I said what's interesting a lot. So I'm trying to pull back off of what's interesting. Just stop saying what's interesting. Just say it. I don't have to preface it with it's interesting. Just, just say it. So anyway, um, almost said it right there. When you look at chapter five, one of the things, and again, so that you may believe, one of the things it points out is the compassion of God, God's compassion. And I don't really, that wasn't the first thing that jumped out to me. But as you read it, you think about what's going on. Jesus, again, why is he doing these things? So that you may believe that he's the Christ and the son of God. So he wants to bring focus and attention to that. And by being in focus and attention to that, he's showing us who God is. John said it in chapter one, the word God, Jesus Christ became flesh. The word was God and the word was with God. And so he said this person, Jesus, who's walking around, he was God. He became flesh. And John said, we have beheld or we have seen the glory of God. That means that we have contemplated, we have perceived it, we can study it. Uh, it's right there in front of us. And so Jesus' presence on the earth was an opportunity for us to study, to perceive, to contemplate, to look at, to get a better understanding of God. And so we see, what did God do? During the festival, Jesus found himself purposely in a place around the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed, around the disabled. And every time we see Jesus, we see that he had an affinity for being around those type of people. And he purposely, purposely went there. Why? Because of his compassion. God cares about the disabled. They are a priority to him. This was during the Jewish festival. So I, the Bible doesn't say specifically what festival it was. It could have been Passover. Uh, it could have been, it could have been any, of, any of the festivals that it was. But during this festival, all these people in Jerusalem, Jesus finds himself around the disabled, around the lame, the blind, and the paralyzed because they were a priority to him. And I think about that. Are they a priority to me? Are they a priority to us? Where are our priorities? We see that God cares about the disabled. Do we care? And how do we show that we care? And I'm thinking about that. We did a lot with uh, Helping Hands. Talk about Janai with it this morning. With Helping Hands and working at the uh, Homeless Coalition. And Corona hit, and we kind of stopped doing that. And I stopped thinking, you know, as I was reading this, like, wow, we, 
we drop the ball on doing what Jesus did or making what was priority to Jesus priority to us. So uh, in our church meeting, side note, we want to bring that up, talk about how can we get back to making the disabled, those who need are in need, priority in our lives as the hands and feet of Christ. Um, but we see that's what Christ did. So he went there. They were priority to him. Verse five, one man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Bible says, and, and I always thought, every time I read this passage, that's an interesting question that Christ asked, asked him. Do you want to get well? And it's like, well, duh, <laughs> of course I want to get well. So I said, okay, so Christ knowing all things, why did Christ ask that question? What was Jesus trying to say? What was the point he was trying to make? What was, what was he trying to get the man to see? What did he want us to see? So I began to look and began to deep, uh, dig a little deeper in there, and I saw that, first of all, it says the man had been sick for 38 years. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And I can figure the man, like, looking around, like, uh, of course, because where he was, he was at the healing spot. That's where he was. He was at the place that people went into town if they wanted to get healed. There was a pool there, and, and the tradition says that uh, they would come to the pool, the lame, the, the, the blind, the paralyzed, and they said an angel would come down and stir up the water. And if people who were sick, the first one to get into the water as it was being stirred, was healed. Now that's tradition. I, I don't know if that's exactly what happened. John puts it in here, so I'm going with it. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, that's what the Bible says, so that's what I'm going with. All right? All right, we can debate whatever, whatever later. He put it in here so that we can believe that he was the son of God and the Messiah, so I'm going with it. And so the man is sitting, he's at what I call the healing spot. He's there. So think about it. 38 years, he's been sick. 38 years he hadn't been in the moon. He said, you know what? I need to go to the healing spot. And the Bible says that Jesus noticed, realized that he had been there a very long time. And so when Jesus said, do you want to get healed? The guy was like, I'm at the place that you go when you want to get healed. So I don't understand your question, Jesus. But when you look at what Jesus said, do you want to get healed? When you look at the original language, the question that Jesus asked him has some very specific words to it. Do you want to get well? That word want there is the word for determined. It's the word for purpose. And so Jesus was pretty much not asking him, hey, you want to get, you want to walk in? You want to get well? That's not really what he was asking him. He was asking him about his determination. He was asking him about his purposefulness, his resolveness, asking him, do you, are you determined? Are you purpose? Is this something that's priority? Is this something that you really, 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 really want such that you are determined to accomplish this? And then the word he used for heal or to get well or heal in the King James uh, 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 was the word for sound. Matter of fact, the King James says, do you want to be made whole? And so that word there, whole or sound, has a base word that goes back to increasing or becoming greater or growing. And so Jesus asked him 
Are you determined? Are you purposed to grow or to increase in such a way that you are sound, that you are whole, that you are fully what you're supposed to be? That's what Jesus asked him. Man said, but I'm at the healing spot. <laughs> of course I want to get healed. That's why I'm here. See all these sick people here? We're all sitting there waiting for the angel to stir the waters we can get in. So yeah, I want to get healed. But Jesus asked him, are you determined? Are you purposed? Do you have the resolve necessary to make, to be made whole? When you look at that word again there for, uh, uh, for heal or make whole, it comes from a base word to grow in the Greek, oxano. That word, turn with me, keep your finger there, turn to 2 Peter. In 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 18. This is the verse we had today. Peter said, but grow. That's the word there. That word there, grow, that Peter has here is the base word for what Jesus asked him, did you want to be made well? See, when we grow, the purpose of growing is the process to be made well, to be made sound, to be made complete. Jesus asked the man, are you determined? Are you purposed to be complete? Are you purposed to be sound? Are you purposed? And when we think of that and we look at the context and we look at what Peter said here, our completeness spiritually comes from Christ. And so Peter said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how spiritually do I become whole? How do I become well? How do I become sound? How do I become complete? By growing in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, the man was in the healing spot. He was at the place that he was supposed to be, that you everyone went, the place you knew to go if you wanted to be healed. But the problem was he was focusing on the wrong thing. He was at the healing spot. And the person that was standing in front of him was the healer. Jesus Christ. I write these things so you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Jesus Christ was God. And so God was standing in front of this man. And the man, as God was standing in front of him, his response was, Jesus said, do you want to get healed? Look what the man said in, verse, <laughs> in uh, chap uh, chapter 5, John chapter 5, 7. He said, sir, the disabled man said, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone else goes in ahead of me. The man who had been sick for 38 years, he, had, he wasn't whole. He wasn't complete. God himself showed up. Jehovah Rapha, the creator God, the healer God stood in front of him in the healing spot. And asked him, Do you, are you determined to become whole? And the man looked at Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the God who created him, and says, I can't because no one can put me in the pool. The problem is sometimes is we take our, 
we, we have our focus on the wrong thing. The man needed to take his focus off the healing spot and put his focus on Jesus, who was in the healing spot. See, he was there. Jesus was there. Jesus went there purposely. It was the first time, where you going? Where we going, Jesus? The disciples said, where we going? Oh, we're going to the healing spot. We're going to the pool. What we're going to do there? You'll see when we get there. He gets there, and the man is looking at him. He needed to take his focus off the healing spot, even with Jehovah Rapha in front of him, the God who heals. His focus was on, but I'm here at the place. And Jesus says, no, focus on me. So Jesus said in verse 8, get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. And verse 9 says, instantly the man got well, picked up his mat, and started to walk. Oftentimes, we react to issues and we deal with problems and situations by a list of processes and procedures. Things happen in our lives and we think, okay, what am I supposed to do now? I'm supposed to go to the healing spot. So to fix this thing, I've got a problem, I've got an issue, I've got a situation, let's go to the healing spot. And so we follow process and procedures and sometimes they're even good. Sometimes they're even where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there. But the issue is when we do those processes and procedures, who is at the center of what we do? Who is at the foundation of what we do? The man was at the right place he was supposed to be at. But he had been there for 38 years and there was no wellness in 38 years. There was no soundness in 38 years. There was no completeness in 38 years. He was where he was supposed to be, I did everything I was supposed to do. I dotted all the I's, I crossed all the T's, I followed the process, I did what the doctor said, I did what the person said, I did what the counselor said, I did what the therapist says. But the problem was, even in the healing spot, your focus still needs to be on the healer. If Christ is not the center of where you go when you get there, then the fact that you're there don't mean anything. You, 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 we see a lot of things that's happening in the world. Well, I need to do this or we need to go there uh, or, or we rely on how we normally do things or, you know, we, how we think we should do things or, or how others do things. And we rely and we put our emphasis on that. And though some of those things, some of those things are bad, just be straight honest with you. Some of the things we shouldn't be doing. But some of those things are good in and of themselves, but their problem is they lack. <laughs> they lack the ability to grow. They lack the ability to take you from where you are to wellness to soundness, to complete. Jesus looked at that man in the healing spot who had been there for 38 years, coming day after day after day after day after day. And Jesus looked at him and said, are you determined? Are you purposed to get healed, to be complete? If so, get up. I thought it was ironic. That he's, that he's talking to Jehovah Rapha. He's talking to the creator God, the one who said, let there be light. He's looking him up at him and saying, I would love to be healed, but I can't get in the pool. Can, can you take me to the pool? Can, can, you, can you, listen, if you see it running, can you throw me in there as quick as you can? Maybe you're here, maybe you're here to help me. And she said, man, I ain't thinking about no pool. <laughs> I ain't thinking about no pool. I'm God. Going to the healing spot does not guarantee your healing. 
Taking someone to the healing spot does not guarantee their healing. Our healing, our wholeness, our completeness is only guaranteed when we make Jesus front and center. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Jesus Christ has to be front and center in all our problems, in all our situations, in all of our issues, in everything that we come upon our lives. If he is not front and center, we will be at the healing spot for 38 years and there's no growth and there's no completeness. And we wonder why. And we put it on someone else. Oh, they got there before I did. Oh, there's no one here to help me get into the pool. Jesus like, be. I'm, I'm, I'm the healer. Focus on me. Make me front and center. Make me a priority in your life. The writer of Hebrews said, and he talked about, you know, Hebrews better. We do it through Hebrews also. Everything's better. Everything's better. It's better than the old way. We have a better priest. We have a better sacrifice. We have a better offering. We have a better word. Everything was better. He Then he hits us in Hebrews chapter 11 with the hall of faith. All these guys who, as they were living in the Old Testament, the Jews knew about these guys. Man, they knew about them. As they were living, how they put their faith in God, how it was the faith, it was the faith, it was the faith. And so the writer of Hebrews get to 12 and says, therefore, 12, 1, since we have such, uh, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us based on all those stories I just told you, all of the events that happened. Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Well, who's Jesus? He's the source and the perfecter of our faith. Those are the two things. The source, he's the foundation, he's the author, he's the started, the starter, and the accomplisher. He's the accomplisher, the source and the perfecter. That word perfecter means the accomplisher, ones who gets you there. There we go again. So we have the source, he's the author, and he's the accomplisher. who will get you where you need to be. And so we have the starting point, focus on him. And as you go through the accomplishing, this word has to do with the management, the process. As you are going, as you are managing your life, as you are going through your life, as you're doing the accomplishment, accomplishment start at part, as you are executing, that's another word, it also means that. He is the one you need to focus on. Why? Because he's the source, the author, and he is also the one who will manage you through. He's the one who will get you through the process. He is the one who will execute Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, step six, step seven, step seven. I don't know how to get from A to B. Focus on Jesus. He's the source and the executor. He's the one who's saying, hey, follow me. I got you. Every step, every step, every step. We heard a lot about a mental health today. And I was talking to, I don't know who I was talking to, but I was telling my wife, I was talking to somebody about the whole mental health thing. Back when I was younger, it wasn't a mental health thing. Boy, what's wrong with you? Man up. It, it wasn't a, it, it, you, you, it, well, I, I'm, I'm anxiety. I'm, I'm, no, what? Man up. And so when I was younger, we didn't have a lot of mental health talks. <laughs> okay. It wasn't a lot of that going on. And what happened was I believe that the pendulum was, has swung too far that way. 
where there was no such thing as a mental health issue. Boy, you crazy. You know your aunt crazy. Your mama crazy. Don't you be crazy. And that was the end of the conversation. And so we had to live through life, though we may have had some serious issues. They weren't addressed. We had to deal with stuff a different way. Fast forward to now, we have a lot of information on mental health. And it's not taboo as it was. And you have to be careful when you talk about people. And you have to be careful how you put things because there are helps and things that people who really have mental issues, if the, if the I, I'm about to lie here, in the brain, but if the um, cones and the rods aren't firing right, is that in the brain? Are cones and rods in the brain? I'm going with it, okay? Mental chemical thing, there's help for people there. Unfortunately, sometimes we swing the podium too far that says, well, everything is mental health. Well, everything is, oh, well, you know, you got this, you got that. Well, no, I just have, there is a medium. There is a place where we can have healthy conversations of mental health. But I'm here to tell you, if your mental health isn't founded in the source of Christ, and if your mental health help isn't managed or executed, focused on Jesus Christ, then your mental health is just a healing spot that you can be here for 38 years and not be healed. Marriage, marriage counseling. Marriage counseling is great. You should go to counseling. People, there's, uh, there's information out there. There's people to help you. But if you're counseling, you look at your marriage, well, I should do this. I need to do that. We need to fix this out. All that is great and dandy work on it. But if your counseling, your marriage counseling, isn't founded in the source of Christ, and if it's not the executing and the management and the step-by-step -step isn't focused on Christ, then all that stuff you're trying to do to help your marriage, it's 38 years of healing spot. No healing. That goes for your children, too. Your children are going through things. I would have raised my kids. How do I do this? How do I do that? Okay, that's great. There's some good books out there. There's some good helps out there. There's some good things to do. But if what you're doing isn't founded in the source and isn't step-by-step -step managed by Jesus Christ, then it's going to come to naught. Jesus asked a man, do you want to be whole? <laughs> do you want to be sound? Do you want to increase? Do you want to grow such that you get to where you be? The start and the management and the execution of whatever you do better be Jesus Christ. And then I love, back to John chapter 5, how Christ, when we talk about being complete, we talk about being whole, there's a portion, unfortunately, that we leave out. Jesus didn't leave it out. Verse 14, you drop down to John chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus found him in the temple again. We're going to get to that later, what, what happened between when Jesus healed him and he got up and walked. But the Bible said that Jesus found him. Notice, purposely, Jesus went for him. He's got, I'm not, I got to finish what I started. We finished this part, the outward wellness, soundness, and completeness, but that's not the big thing. Verse 14, after this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Don't sin anymore so that something worse won't happen to you. Jesus knew that in order to make this person, this guy, complete well and sound, that not only was his physical ailments need to be addressed, but his spiritual ailments had to be addressed. Confession, repentance, and holy living were attached, are always attached to being complete to being whole, to being well. Jesus said, see you well, right? Now, go off and don't sin. 
Go off and live a life that's wholly acceptable and pleasing to God. Go off and make decisions that line up to what God said is right versus what God said is wrong. That is our responsibility if we are to grow toward being well, sound, to be complete. Unfortunately, a lot of times, and especially when we look at uh, uh, the things that the world has, the plans, the programs that the world has, and unfortunately some churches, some plans, some programs they have to make people well or to heal or to, to make them better or to be successful or, or, or to help in your marriage or to help raising your kids or to help dealing with peer pressure, all those things that they have, and they have all these great plans, and some of them are biblical, but they leave out the spiritual component of this. We are physical and spiritual beings. We are connected. And because of that, our growing has to be, Jesus said, we said in Peter, growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so confession, repentance, and holy living. Jesus said, go and don't sin. Why? Because you told me you were determined. He asked him, are you determined? Are you purposed to be healed, to be whole? I look at that and I wonder, and I don't wonder, I, 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 I look at my life and say, how do I ensure that Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith? That he's the source, that he's the foundation, and he's the one who goes through the execution and the management with me. That means that I need to pull Christ into every decision. Every decision, every decision, every decision. I need to pull Christ into Every situation, everything that comes up, my first response shouldn't be, okay, we got this situation. Okay, that's this thing. I, I need to make sure first I do this. And I remember my pops told me, always do this. Okay, then I read somewhere we should do this. That's just going to the healing place. That's just going to the healing spot. And the healing spot, unfortunately, isn't equipped to heal outside of who was in the healing spot. And so I have to pull Jesus in this situation. I have to open my scriptures and say, okay, Christ, talk to me. And begin to look and study the scriptures to see. I need to make sure that I am in tune with Christ. Make sure that my prayer life, that I'm talking to him constantly. Not just when things pop off, not just when things are finished and I'm happy again, but in the process. Why? Because he's not just the author, the finisher. And that finisher, E-R, means that he's going to finish, but the finisher is the steps before we finish. And so I have to take that er part and make sure that I've got the finisher, the accomplisher, working, focused on doing my management, doing the execution as I try to get to the finish. And again, always focusing on making sure that my lifestyle lines up in obedience. I can't separate my living holy from my healing. I can't separate my living in obedience from my what I'm going through. I can't separate that. Why? Because as he stands there as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, he is also the holy God. He is also the righteous God. He is also the God who has given us his law and his commands and said, follow me if you love me. So let's do that. Let's make sure in our lives that we don't get stuck on tradition, that we don't get stuck on 
this is what we're supposed to do, or this is where we're supposed to go. A lot of people say, well, I go to church. And I'm like, that's cool. That's great. You should be in the healing spot. But if you're just in the church and you're not focused on the healer, then you, you're 38 years. Of course your life is in shambles. Of course you're always having ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs and downs and downs and downs and downs and downs. Because you're in the healing spot. But you're not focused on Jehovah Rapha in the healing spot. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We pray, God, as we go through life, as situations come in our marriages, in our family, in our lives, God, in our work, in our school, in our relationships, in our dealings with people, God, we pray, God, that we will focus on you the beginning, the end, and most importantly, all through the middle as we go through, God. We pray, God, that as we follow uh, uh, your word and, and, and we implement things in our lives that uh, help people before, that no matter what we do, we first ensure that we start with you as the source, as the author, God. No matter where we are or what we follow, we make sure that it lines up with you first. That you, as Jehovah Rapha, as the creator God, as Jesus Christ, God, that as you are the one who sets the foundation. You are the one who anchors that plan. You are the one that we'll focus on as we go through life, God, so that we will, as Peter said, grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that everyone in the sound of my voice, and that the followers of you, God, that we will be determined, that we will be purposed to be made whole. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.